All right, Zach. All right. We have Lupin, season one, second half of season one. I think premiering this week, if I'm not mistaken. Um, you want to do some internet research for me while I yeah. are here. We are on episode two of our Lupin commentary. And um, yeah, I mean, it was a, a great continuation off the pilot episode. And uh, really excited to see how the series continues. Uh, actually- it actually comes out on the 11th. On the 11th. Friday. That is that's yeah. Friday? Okay, wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's something to look forward to. There's absolutely- that's good timing. Through the weekend and watch them all. Oh, mm-hmm. We, me and you might have a busy weekend recording some podcasts. <laughs> May do a marathon or something and get this thing done. Um, all right, so Lupin, season one, episode 102. You know how they do it, like 102, season one. Yeah, yeah. We find Asan, fresh off the first episode, he has the necklace, stole from the Louvre, and he takes it to his friend Benjamin, where they discover that the necklace was actually not taken apart, and all of the diamonds are intact, they're real. So... Mm-hmm. somebody's lying in the Pellegrini family. And at this point, that's where kind of like the, the conflict starts to kick off where um, he's determined to clear his father's name. What did you think of like the opening and the, uh, and, and seeing that scene where he goes to his friend, which by the way, has like a really dope setup. I mean, I don't know what, like what kind of businesses are able to operate like that, but uh I don't know. It was a pretty cool setup. I, uh, it kind of felt like a pawn shop to me. I don't know. I, I like him. This guy is very knowledgeable. I mean, they're both very knowledgeable, Benjamin and, and Hassan, but I'm not, I don't really have any, any feelings towards Benjamin yet. Do you? Like, I, I don't think they've had enough time to grow his character Well, or develop the character. Any show that has like an OP thief type of motif going on, you gotta have like the group of friends that each one is an expert in something and benjamin is that expert you need the expert guy who can who knows like a fake monet from a from a real Monet. yeah yeah, for sure these people just always exist in this world where he can tell yeah this this is the exact diamond from marie antoinette's necklace so uh unfortunately i don't have these type of friends and that's why my fantasy of being an asan lupin character is just (laughs) unfortunately it's out the window yeah yeah yeah, you could have been like benjamin for me but uh i'm benjamin in other ways (laughs) all right so i was thinking when i saw that like the scene where asan is 16 years old in the flashbacks that they're showing throughout the episode and Mm -hmm. his mom they don't talk about how his mom died that you don't know much about his mom at least i can't remember if they say something about the mother in the show at least not up until now and um, you, it kind of made me think back to when I was 16, if I had just these memories of my father as a good man, and then all of a sudden he's in jail and I'm, I have all these conflicting ideas about that he stole this necklace and then killed himself. Like, what does that do to, your, to the image of your, of your father and, and to who you are? You know what I mean? And so yeah. I was thinking like, he's, I guess part of the clearing of, the dad's name has to be a bit about, um, you know, kind of affirming his own identity. What do you think, Zach? 
Yeah, I mean, I feel like you would be questioning everything at that point. I don't think you could trust anybody. So it, it makes sense that that kind of becomes what, what is seemingly one of his his life goals. There is to to figure out, you know, if his father truly was what he remembered, or, or you know, what what he was basically told of his father. Yeah, and and also you take into account that the one book his dad gave him from that library mm-hmm. was our son Lupin. So you think yeah. like, okay, if the dad is actually like a facade of the role model that he thought he was, then what does that mean about his whole life and what he's built it up to be? You know? Yeah, so, exactly. A house of sand, you know, a foundation. Mm-hmm. So uh, after he's in Benjamin's shop with his son, who's like, I kind of found this irresponsible. Like they're talking so loud with the son downstairs. Oh yeah, I know. I mean, you could clearly hear the dialogue. Yeah. The son's a little, maybe a little bit dimwitted little dull i don't know i like the son's character because they do like this interplay between him and the father throughout the episode where yeah. he's reading a chapter that's actually the reenactment of the scene in the jail because almost everything coincidentally in this show happens to be like a reflection of that um, mm-hmm. so anyways they go they go through that the kid doesn't hear i guess you know what they were talking about and he seems to be around the age of 16 too which is interesting as well so that's a good yeah um Asan goes and sends a, a letter, an anonymous letter to, I think her name is Juliet Pellegrini. Uh, I think so. And uh, he, yeah, he sends her a letter with one of the diamonds. So automatically she knows, all right, there's the guy who stole the necklace. Mm-hmm. Um, they meet up at a park in which I've never seen this particular type of uh, escape in, in a thief although the detective mm-hmm. always tends to be uh, i mean just i mean the blonde detective in this show i mean unfortunately the guy is just he's given the role of somebody who's not very bright so, uh, <laughs> anyways he's in the park i'm gonna just suspend my disbelief of the fact that he knows exactly where the cameras are pointing so he takes his mask down in the park but he doesn't seem to really care about people seeing his face too often so anyways, uh, yeah. in that conversation, Juliet essentially tells him that, yes, it was a lie about the rumor that the, that the diamonds were spread across the world, uh, and that, but that her father had actually purchased the necklace back from a dealer in, in South Africa, I believe she said, five years before. So she says that Hassan's father did steal the necklace, but that they repurchased it from somebody in South Africa, which Hassan says makes no sense. Mm-hmm. Which leads him to the next, or the probably the the most core aspect of the episode of the turning point, which is um, him returning to his apartment, finding the letter, and then stumbling upon the two words. Um, the word, what were the words? It was uh, for me and libraries that were misspelled, and so that yeah. he finds out yeah. that he needs to get in contact with this man named Etienne Commit who he thinks his father needed him to speak to. Okay. But before we get to that part though, I think one of the, one of the coolest scenes in the show was this whole venture to the park. I got this. Yeah. You completely glossed over it. You, you've got like this very James Bond esque uh, scene where, you know, he's, he's dressed up as what some food delivery guy on a, on a bicycle. Yeah. 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 So he calls in a whole bunch of orders and then causes a whole bunch of chaos. But that was that was special. Yeah. Which, by the way, I, I love the fact that the show doesn't ever 
like when he pulls off like a, a ruse or something like that, it's always mm-hmm. on screen. It's always before your eyes. So like the scene yeah. starts and he's on the phone ordering a bunch of pizzas. Like he has one phone in his hand ordering one pie and another phone in his hand ordering another one. He's going back and forth. You don't know exactly where that's leading to. Yeah, It's yeah. giving you just a partial piece of the puzzle, but you feel in on it. You feel in on it. And so at the end, when he actually escapes, he breaks the fourth wall. And actually, I think he looks into the camera. So, and I, I always wondered, you know, why breaking the fourth wall is something that um, it doesn't take away from the story at times if it's done correctly. And I think that the reason is, at least in this situation, is because you are complicit in the stuff that Asan is doing. You know what he's doing. You don't know exactly how he's going to pull it off because that would take away the fun of it. But because you know and you're in on it and you know something that the detectives don't know, when he looks at the camera, it's not like, oh, he just shattered like the fact that we're watching a TV show. Mm-hmm. Same with like House of Cards when Kevin, Kevin Spacey. Looks in at the- it's kind of like a wink. Yeah, yeah. Or Ferris Bueller, you know. Yeah. Um, anyway, so after that escape, he finds the letter, finds the misspellings, and then tells his concerned friend that he's going to actually break. <laughs> my, my, I think my favorite scene in this episode, I'm going to, this is a nominee for me. We'll, we'll have nominees of favorite scene in the episode. Okay. Might've been the little moment between the prisoner that he breaks out. I enjoyed that scene. It, I don't know why. It was a great one. I enjoyed the scene that he's like, he's in there and the guy's like, are you an idiot? He's like, how are you going to break yeah. <laughs> Oh no, I forgot about the handcuffs. <laughs> Guards shift out. I think that's a really great scene. Uh, yeah. And there's just nice little touches there because at once he before he leaves, he's like, hey, I know what you're in here for. You sell a joint. You sell so much as a joint and I'm coming after you. So you kind of like mm-hmm. that aspect of, you know, he's a, he's a socially responsible uh, uh, <laughs> criminal. <laughs> uh, yeah. All right. So he's in prison. And by the way, I, I thought several times to myself, I'm like, specifically in one scene, you know, could I do this? Could I actually put my situation <laughs> to do something like this? And I don't, I don't know. You got to really have nothing to lose in some sense. That is for sure. Anyways, that wouldn't make much of a fun show. Uh, <laughs> he realizes <laughs> that uh, Etienne, the guy who he went to prison or broke into prison for, was actually uh, pretty much on his deathbed at this point. And yeah. uh, so he needs to charm a nurse that looks a little bit like Marion Cotillard. I think I'm saying her name right. Well, Marion Cotillard's uh, estranged sister. I have a crush on uh, She's a French actress. Uh, oh, okay. I'm not, I'm not aware of this one. No, but you notice Hassan always has like, he always has like tremendous chemistry with any, with any female yeah. that he's trying to like, you know, he's smooth yeah yeah he's smooth so i found it like they but they emphasize certain like characters like his encounters with the nurse was like they emphasized it a little bit so i'm like why Mm -hmm. are you emphasizing this particular character she seems like such a side character what is she gonna yeah um overall um he does find a way to get in by pretty much um playing chess, mental chess with these goons in prison and finds a way for them, for them to shank him. And uh, he gets his night in the infirmary where he has finally a one-on-one moment with Etienne who tells him that after a little bit of coercing and uh, getting mm-hmm. to know, tells him that his father actually left a book 
in case someone ever came for him or, or came on his behalf, right? And mm-hmm. um, so Hassan goes, leaves the infirmary, and actually finds the book, which ends up being a copy of Arshan Lupin as well, with a hidden message highlighted, which said, Am innocent, trapped by Anne Pellegrini, which is mm-hmm. a bit of a twist because out of all the Pellegrinis, you wouldn't have suspected that it was the wife. Yeah. In prison. What did you think when, like, when you saw the, like, the direction of the scene, and, and, and spe- I guess specifically that twist? You know, I'm not really sure. Uh, I mean, after the first episode, I mean, her her husband's very seems very controlling and very convincing for you know getting her to do anything that, that he wants. So it, it, it didn't really surprise me. I. Kind of felt like there was just some misunderstanding. Yeah, agreed. I mean, they kind of set up the husband to be the the true villain. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And um, it's one of those things where it's almost too obvious. Like somebody else has to be complicit in this as well. So when when I saw, or at least when it led that direction, I was like, okay, I'm not incredibly surprised because it's never the first guy you think, you know yeah um so anyways he he has his next lead his, his next lead is to go find ann pellegrini and um essentially confront her but there's one thing in his way he actually needs to find a way to break back out of prison now <laughs> another top one yeah which leads to me thinking you know, could you do that? Would you possibly? It, it also kind of explains why he was so smooth with the nurse and why they emphasized it. Yeah. You find out that he actually stole this bottle of some drug and it mm-hmm. stops your heart, if I'm not mistaken. It slows your heart rate down significantly that, you know, people would presume you're dead. Yeah. What's the name of that drug? Do you know? I think it starts with a D. It does start with a D. De- Dexterol or something like that. Dexterol? Something along those. Dextral. That kind of sounds about right. Yeah. Um, I'm kind of glossing over the entire, uh, flashbacks that happened during the show where they show 16 year old Hassan, um, Mm -hmm. they they don't show too much, but they essentially show how he got, he was put in an orphanage of sorts or a home and, um, by a a very douchey cop who showed (laughs) very rude and, um, is put in there. And then he later finds out that there's a mysterious donor who paid his way to this prestigious private school. Yeah. And he also met Benjamin in there as well. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. Benjamin, it actually sticks up from immediately. So you get to see a little bit of the backstory, which is neat of where they yeah. came yeah. from. Also good casting on, on, on Benjamin particularly. Oh, very good. Very good. Doesn't he like, he looks like he would grow up to look like the guy in the, in the very much. So already antique shop. So excellent casting there. But um, all right. So he takes the pills from the nursing station. The very concerned nurse. I think he has like ridiculous chemistry with that nurse. I'm stuck on that. I think, you know, it's romantic. There's a romantic possibility there. If there wasn't the. I don't know. I kind of think he was being smooth, though. And and just, you know, putting on the moves with her. Because, I mean, if if she kind of likes him, I mean, who's who's going to be on scene to say that, yeah, he's dead. I'm, I'm, so if she feels for him. I got to give her a role, like a, 
All right. So we need a category here that pretty much for the actor who steals the scene, like the very small scenes that you remember them. That nurse mm-hmm. is my nominees for this episode. Okay. okay. She's, she's one of my, she's one of my nominees. I got one other nominee that I think might beat her, but uh, not for nearly as positive reasons. Um, so he takes the drugs. He actually all, um, you don't get to see all this. So I'm kind of like skipping parts here, but obviously he doesn't die. Otherwise we wouldn't have the rest of the season. So he yeah. actually knows that the goons are going to try to hang him, uh, which mm-hmm. is also kind of symbolic of his dad being hung in jail as well. Right. And uh, that's true. I didn't think about that. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of court like inter overlapping storylines in, in here. Right. So uh, he gets out of prison the same way his dad did, but unlike his dad, he's not dead. He resurrects. And so his, uh, he wakes up in the ambulance uh, very calmly, like very calmly for like how I probably would have woken up. <laughs> he has the basketball, yeah. game, which I needed to rewind because I didn't notice this. When he goes and he's pretending, well, he's, he is in pain from getting stabbed, but uh, he, when he's over dramatizing and he goes up to the basket, Mm-hmm. I didn't rewind it to see if he actually grabbed the net down there and I just missed it. Almost like when a magician does a card trick in front of your eyes. So I yeah. had to rewind it and see if he actually did that. No, he actually grabbed it. So you went back and actually went and saw him grab the net in the scene. I'm not well, talking about the flashback scene where they... No, no, no. In, in, so in the scene, in, in the, in this, you don't physically see it because of the cut. But what happens is he jumps the track like, like he's going to try and dunk the ball. Uh, but you can intent you can see him intentionally kind of stop short and his hand swipes down so you don't see the cut but you hear the net swipe and on the uh the very next shot you know the uh, where, where you're kind of like uh stepping back to see the the full environment uh you can like it's a clear shot of the hoop and the net's gone ah uh, i never noticed that so yeah i love the fact that they show you the ruse they show you how he's going to get out before mm-hmm. you got to piece it together, essentially. But if you're not paying attention, you'll miss it. But at the same time, they're not copying out and just saying, voila, this happened when the camera was cut to something else. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So he breaks out uh, of prison, wakes up in the ambulance and disappears, which uh, made me concerned for the ambulance drivers. I'm not, I'm not going to lie. Think about it. I'd be I'd be a bit scared if somebody stood up in the back of the uh, ambulance he thought was dead. Well, you're an ambulance driver. You, you drive corpses day and night, and the corpse is gone. That's true. What happened to the body? You just assume this guy resurrected. So then you assume was this guy divine? Like who <laughs> was in the back? So the rest of your life, you're probably telling people that you. You, you saw or you literally were near somebody who resurrected. So you that guy <laughs> off like a whole thing off of the resurrection of this guy in the back of his van. And it mm-hmm. probably just derails his life a little bit. I would assume he goes into a dark hole after this, you know? Yeah, I think I think you'd have to. How do you not? I mean, there, there's a lot of sto- there's a lot of stories of people who like quote unquote have resurrected. I mean, but they didn't really die; they were in a similar state. You know, there's like so many stories of actual like people buried alive that people thought they were dead. And so I'm, I don't know. I mean, maybe depending on his growing up, I should have at least left a note and said like, "Yo, I wasn't actually dead." You know, just to like 
you know. <laughs> but does that farther confuse the, the 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 ambulance driver? Could could the body just have been stolen, or they left it somewhere? <laughs> you need a spinoff show where the just on the ambulance driver <laughs> who, who resurrected. Anyways, um, so he breaks out. I forgot to mention that uh, Etienne does die in the prison, and he makes um, mm-hmm. he makes uh, what's his face Hassan. Uh, promise to make his wife smile no matter what like you know whichever way yeah. you um so they kind of leave that one open-ended but uh he escapes and the first thing he does when he escapes is confront and uh pellegrino pellegrino mm-hmm. pellegrino i could go for a glass of mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and so he confronts her where that's where she confesses and now you have once again another lead where she mm-hmm. says yes i did tell your father to sign the agreement, but uh, it was under the impression that I, that he was going to get a reduced sentence, like a very mm-hmm. reduced sentence and that he was going to be free to, to pretty much father you. And, uh, but at this point, who the hell knows who's saying what, what's true. And yeah, I'm not convinced of her innocence. Yeah. I feel like she knows one other thing, you know, that she's not saying. And mm-hmm. she alludes to it in, earlier in the episode where, She's saying how, like, oh, your father has me in a palace of gold. And like, boo, like, boo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, okay. He's like, yeah, he doesn't, he doesn't love me. He's scared because I know where the bodies are buried. So he knows more, I would assume. And uh, we'll find out what those are. But um, he confronts her. You also find out that she was the mysterious donor who put him through school. So it was a bit of a kind of like a guilt trying to, uh, like, uh, you know, massage her, uh, guilt that she had over, yeah. the, over the father killing himself and being in prison and her whatever her role was in that and so she actually says that although she was the one who convinced him to sign the agreement it was a uh, it was an officer who had promised her and uh, pretty much went back on his word mm-hmm. what was your takeaways on that scene like, what were you thinking when that was going on in the conversation yeah yeah. or in in like the flashbacks that they're kind of going on there overall like just the whole thing because it does piece together everything because you find out who the douchey cop is in the beginning Mm -hmm. what what did you think about the overall confrontation and where does it leave Hassan and and Anne I I liked the the reveal of who the douchey cop actually was that was that was nice to know because there was just like whatever was going on in in the first episode was just you know, charge there, there was something going on there. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I'm not sure what to think of, of the whole thing just yet. I, I don't think the mother is fully innocent in in anything that happened. Uh, I, I I don't, I don't know. I don't even know if, uh, she truly was trying to like get him out of there or just kind of put the situation to bed. I kind of think because because think of think about what what would be going on between her husband and, and her. Think of the pressure that he'd be putting on her. Wouldn't you just want this this whole thing to be put to bed and you know be over and not have all of this you know tension between everybody? If you're a shitty person, yeah. I mean, like, <laughs> I mean, well, I mean, look at look at who she's with, though. That's true. That's true. So, I, I don't know. We need a backstory there. He's a backstory. Yeah. Was, he always, was he always like a villainous guy? 
Or did she marry for money? Did he turn into this after? We need more. Uh, yeah. Though, I doubt it. Um, this essentially leads to just another puzzle piece. And we have the puzzle pieces in front of us, but not enough to put it together. Um, but we do find out that Babacar essentially was framed in some sense mm-hmm. um, and didn't kill himself. So Asan is finally, I guess you could say he's kind of at peace. With his father, yeah. because his father's a good man, he knows he's innocent now, and he knows he didn't kill himself. So now, it kind of leaves us with a cliffhanger with Asan um, going to his bat cave, essentially, and doing a background on Dumont. That's the, the last of it. But uh, we do get a nice little uh, takeaway scene mm-hmm. of, uh, of Asan not forgetting the promises he made. And he leaves a diamond. You see that he doesn't really care about material things. Yeah. We're about to talk about. And he leaves a diamond for Etienne's wife, which makes her smile. That makes her smile. And so there's a resolution there. Uh, but you see Asan as somebody with a code of honor, essentially. And um, yeah, um, what I was going to tell you um, about that last scene, I was thinking to myself, how does Asan make money? <laughs> Have you seen his house? Have you seen the property? I mean, he's like... I mean, it, it, it looks nice. He's an immigrant from Senegal. I'm assuming he, he funded most of that with criminal activity and thievery, which would make... A, uh, he, which would make a, I think he'd have to. It would make a very fun prequel. Yeah. Right? Like, if you just had, like, young Asan, you know... It, I, think, I think he would have had to have, you know, gotten what he's gotten through three thievery. I mean, look at what the entire story show has been about so far i mean the first episode he stole a necklace from the Louvre. i mean come on if you're doing that yeah, <laughs> yeah you, you're rolling in money in, in somewhat some similar fashion yeah they, they cover it pretty well uh anyway yeah. so that, that leads us to that episode three essentially leading to next episode's got to be about dumont we would assume and um what his role in all of this is and why he went back on his word uh because Thing so far in this show seems to be that nothing is what it seems. Mm-hmm. Um, we may have left. That's one thing you can be certain of. Did we cover most of everything in this episode? Do you think we? Uh, I uh, yeah, I really think we covered most of it. I mean, we we went through the whole you know meeting Juliet. We went through the, the prison sequence, meeting Anne, and I mean the, the main episode was just just about him discovering that his father was not guilty and that he was coerced into. Uh, uh, you know, admitting to, to what happened, happened as if he did he it. Did it. Yeah. Now let let's do something here. Let's uh, now that we've done the episode recap, let's talk about um, favorite scene. What is the scene that stole the show? And you're up first. I got the gun on you. Uh, mm-hmm. the scene stole the show of episode two. It's the MVP of the of the episode. I I think I'm just gonna have to give it to the bike scene with the. Uh, with with all of the the delivery guys just riding around causing chaos, so you're going pure entertainment here. Got you. I I think I'm just gonna have to go with that one on this one. I got I gotta go with the scene where he has the book in prison and he finds he finds out that his dad uh, is innocent. Where he sees you got the back and forth flashing between the dad highlighting the the book and mm-hmm. the things. Um, 
I, I would say that that's the most pivotal. pivotal. <laughs> Absolutely. Maybe I'm taking the easier route here, but I thought that was impactful for the, for the draft. Yeah. yeah. Also made me wonder, like, couldn't the father have made it a little bit easier on his son? That's a big gamble. <laughs> You're betting. <laughs> go to those lengths to, to go to prison get out fake his own death to get out of prison i mean you're asking a lot i mean what what are you what are you uh raising <laughs> with somebody who can break into prison and do all of that and steal enough information to figure out that you're really innocent why not why not just send a letter okay. well they were, or i mean i mean obviously it's going to be red but still monitoring it you know what i mean mm -hmm. so yeah also like what if etienne died but if Etienne died well, what, five years from now, we don't, even, we don't even get this show. The show true. after episode, like two, one and a half, it's done. Yeah, they cut that pretty close. I mean, he's literally one day away from dying by the time he gets in there. Yeah. Talk about a coincidence, Let's though. Talk about Etienne. Uh, the day before he got there, it's over. He never finds the yeah. book. You know, it's it's almost questionable whether Etienne would have even remembered, you know. Mm -hmm. But uh, Well, he almost didn't. Yeah, he did. He was like, uh, yeah, oh, Babacar. Like, literally, immediately. It must yeah. have been, like, best buds because Babacar died, like, 30 years prior. So, dude, yeah. and you're just like, Babacar. Um, all right. Mm, let's say who was the Stole the Show Award goes to. I kind of liked the guy in jail that he broke out. You like that guy? He was memorable. Yeah. Yeah, he was, he, was, he was pretty memorable. I got two nominees here. I got the nurse for some reason. I figured. Christine, I just kept on like, why this is, like she's doing good. She's a lovable nurse. I loved her immediately. I was like, she's such a good mm -hmm. person. Why are you working? Uh, and then one scene that I just unfortunately can't get out of my head. The guard spinning in the, in the tray. Oh, oh, that was just so gross. Was so <laughs> like, the length of the loogie was so gross that I for, can't remember his face, but I'll always remember that particular. <laughs> you always remember. Yeah. I was eating dinner too. It was <laughs> damn it, like just always while I'm eating dinner, there's got to be some disgusting thing on screen, and so that that was it for me. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, any any plot holes? What are the plot holes? Uh, the one plot hole that kind of, if you had to think twice about it, you were like, all right, I really got to like, suspend my disbelief here. Mm. I don't know. I, I wasn't thinking about it through that lens. I've got one. Do you go first on this one? I've got one. What does Etienne's wife do if she's going to get money for that diamond? They're going to trace it back to <laughs> and then she's yeah. absolutely screwed. So she doesn't get cash. She might get like criminal. Uh, she might get prosecuted somehow. Yeah. I mean, I guess she could sell the, the diamond, but I would assume that diamond's pretty hot. Like it's, it's not going to be easy. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's a big diamond. It's a, yeah, it's a big diamond. You know, yeah. if I had to pick a plot hole, I'd probably go back to something that you mentioned earlier on. Uh, how did Hassan know where he could remove his mask? Yeah, agreed, agreed. Like that, that's just, that was just too risky. For, for you to get, do all of that, be masked up, 
and totally, I mean, how, how? Also, the guy he broke out of prison, I understand like the guards changed. (laughs) (laughs) Bug eyed looking guy. Yeah. <laughs> and then you got a who's like six foot like seven foot <laughs> of GQ. <laughs> it's just like, like what? <laughs> what? I wanna know what what prison lets you wear clothes like that. Like that's a, that's a you're wearing some nice looking clothes. Okay. Yeah. I'm walking out like a like a banana. He's got a nice sweater on. I don't even have a sweater that nice. Are you kidding me? Yeah, yeah, true, true. <laughs> uh, also another thing the goons those weren't the same goons from episode one right that's still that rock- no okay no 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 the the guy that the guy that asan broke out and he he replaced with himself essentially um that guy owed these goons either drugs or money oh okay and that's why like like uh, like that's that's what happened and because he kind of took his place took his name they went after him. All right, and the Mount Rushmore of, of goons in prison and just low tier goons are tracksuits on the Mount Rushmore of uh Yes. Yes. If if you're a low <laughs> you have a an Adidas tracksuit in your closet. Yeah, yeah. you've you've got it. You've you've got it. Yeah. A blue, like a navy blue, white stripes on the side. Yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I think that's the staple outfit of, of any goon. Yeah. Yeah. It used to be like more Russian. Yeah. It, yeah. I was going to say, actually, it was, it was very Russian looking. ETA 4, I think. One of mm-hmm. had a, was it Nico who had a tracksuit? It was Nico. I think it was Nico. Yeah. It was either Nico or the, or the guy he was working with. All-time favorite GTA character, Nico. Oh, it was, it was phenomenal. All-time favorite. There's no better GTA character. Except for the side characters in GTA 4. Um, all right, so then we have episode three um, coming soon. Uh, yeah. Leave off here. Uh, we did a recap and we kind of just covered over our favorite scenes here. And um, overall, love this show. Honestly, it's hard to hate Netflix. Hard to hate Netflix. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. they are killing the game with the original productions. And how do you even compete when you put out something like this? I got to, you know it's just very good production quality like yeah it's it's definitely one of my top favorites from them it it's also hitting my sweet spot thievery you know mm-hmm. and gangs you know you got me you had me at i'm gonna have to stop hanging out with you so much yeah that's right <laughs> like blinders, you know we oh man have to do we've got to do this on peaky blinders yeah for sure isn't the last season coming out of that by the way Yes, I think in the next year. All right. All right. All right, man. Uh, that's the end of Story Archives uh, Lupin edition here on episode two. We have uh, three more episodes in part one of season one, and then we have the second half of season one coming, uh, dropping mm-hmm. this Friday, actually. So, uh, yeah. Our episodes will be releasing periodically through that point for all of you Lupin diehards out there. Um, Zach, this is kind of different from the Midnight Exchange, but plug the Midnight Exchange and uh, tell us a little bit about the podcast network. 
Yeah, so I guess we could say this uh, this podcast is brought to you by the Midnight Exchange. The Midnight Exchange is a podcast network, you know, put on primarily by us at the moment, but we're working on bringing some other people in, some other shows. Uh, so, you know, if you want to learn more about us or just tune into to what else is going on, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, and so on at the midnight exchange you can uh, visit our website at the midnightexchange.com and all of our social handles are on there but it's t-h-e-m-e podcast on twitter uh the midnight exchange on instagram the midnight exchange on are we on facebook i think we're on facebook so any any of those platforms uh you can go look us up there and then and you can follow story archives at uh just story Absolutely. archives on instagram uh, right now, it's just movie highlights and, and whatnot, but uh, hopefully in the nearish future, we'll have more podcast-type material and other content coming that way. And eventually, you'll have a Story Archives segment added to the MidnightExchange.com. Yes. We actually do have a site up. We do have a site up there. It's StoryArchives.TheMidnightExchange.com. So if you want to hit up the, uh, the domain there, go for it. You learn something new every day. All right. Uh, thank you guys for tuning in. And until next time, stay sneaky. Peace.